the book of Proverbs chapter 13. Uh, I, I, I'm excited because next week, Sunday, we're going to start a new series on identities. See, we're going to begin to look at that. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm looking forward to that. Make a note of that. I know that you will be blessed. Amen? Amen. But um, Proverbs chapter 13, I, I want to speak to you today um, about another thing that can become a hindrance to developing an attitude of gratitude. One of the things that I've been doing or we've been doing in these grateful service in the part that I have to play in terms of teaching the word is, is dealing with things that enable you and I to be grateful. The instruction, the reason we have these services is because on a corporate level, I believe that it is the heart of God that we are more grateful that we continually demonstrate gratitude to him on purpose. Amen? On pur- so it's not an event that we're putting up just for the sake of it, but it's because we are trying as a, as a corporate body to be a to be grateful, to learn the art and the service of gratitude to God. But on the other hand, the other thing that we are also looking to do is as individuals, we're also looking to deposit things in your heart and in my heart that enable us to operate in the spirit of gratitude, okay? And so, and so that's why we've been looking at these different things. And, and, and in, in the last three months or so, of our grateful services, we've looked at different things that can be a hindrance to gratitude. We've looked at contentment. Just I know, I know you slept since then, but let me just remind you of some of the things that we've looked at in the last three, three grateful services. We've looked at how, cont- how contentment or your, 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 if you are not content, you can't be grateful. How contentment or discontentment can be a, a hindrance to an attitude of gratitude. Last, last month, we looked at comparison as an enemy of gratitude. And today, I want to speak to you about gratitude in disappointment. Gratitude in disappointment. Now, I know what you are thinking. I know you're thinking, I am too anointed to be disappointed. But listen, <laughs> listen, you as anointed as you are, uh, have faced and will face disappointments in life. And I didn't even get one amen. Or how many people know how many people have ever faced a disappointment? Okay, that's good. So 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 notice as anointed as you are, we, we all face it and the challenge is right now is to understand how do I navigate? How do I remain grateful because the instruction from God to us is thanksgiving in every season okay there is you know be be thankful always it is the will of God that we are always in this place of gratitude and and disappointment when you face disappointment it can be something that steals your ability to be grateful so let's just look at that and we're going to use the anointing upon your life or the anointing that God has placed on you as a child of God to navigate this this season Understand certain things and navigate this season. Anyone, anyone believe that that will be helpful? I know it will be helpful because I know that if you are in here, uh, if you are like me when you have been disappointed, I, saw, I don't want to say, I don't want to see anybody happy. I don't want to see you thanking God. Amen. <laughs> or oh, is it just me? Praise God. Well, pray for me if it's just me, but, but let me use me. As, when, when, when I'm disappointed at something, I don't want people who are happy around me right now. I want to solve. Okay, but, but we need to deal with it because the instruction is, is be grateful in everything. And you can't just say, oh, well, just get over it, you know, because, because disappointment is real stuff. So we need to get understanding. Are you with me so far? 
If you're with me, say amen. amen. So look at this. To be disappointed is to be sad or displeased because someone or something has failed to fulfill your hope or expectation. When a person is disappointed, you are, like I mentioned earlier, it's, on, it's unlikely that you will be in a state of mind to be naturally grateful. It will take an understanding of certain things in that place to actually act out your gratitude because gratitude is not just a feeling. Gratitude is an expression. It needs to be expressed. So the book of Proverbs chapter 13 begins to give us an insight into what's going on when a person is disappointed. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope defers, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when a desire comes, it is a tree of life. I'm going to focus on the first part just because of time today. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Notice what happens when hope is deferred. That word deferred means when it's put off, when it's delayed, when, 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 when you reach for something but it's not there, when it hasn't happened like you expected. Uh, it, it says hope deferred makes the heart sick when, when, when what you're expecting continues not to happen, amen, in spite of all your confessions, in spite of the prayer, in spite of coming to church, in spite of serving, there will be seasons in your life when you feel you've got all the ducks lined up, but it's not producing. Hope deferred, this is for real folk today, okay? Hope deferred, this, this message will not be good for Christian, Christianese folk, people who, who don't want to face the reality of, of living. Um, uh, uh, but it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. A sick heart uh, is, is a heart that is not able to function as it was designed to function. Everyone understand that? When you say, when you, when, when you say something is sick, the idea or what you are saying is that it was designed for a certain purpose, but, but something else has now come into the mix, which means that the thing that is sick cannot perform as it is supposed to perform. The Bible talks about how in the book of Romans chapter 10, that it is with the heart that we believe. With the heart, man believes unto salvation. Then the heart, God gave you your heart. Now, I'm not talking about your natural heart. That is just one side of it. But, but, but God gave you your heart. I'm talking about your, your inner man. I'm talking about the, the core of you, your thinker, your chooser, the, the seat of your, your inner person. Your, it, it, it's, it's deeper than your, in many ways, it's a combination of your spirit and your soul. The place where your spirit and your soul meets is the state of your heart. If you understand that, say amen. And so when the Bible says that, the, the Bible talks about how it is with your heart, God gave you the ability to have that heart, because with the heart, we believe unto salvation. We don't believe with our head. We are, we are stuck in a place where we need salvation. Even the book of Mark chapter 4 comes, and the Bible says the sower sows the word. Where does he sow the word? In the heart of man. Because when you are in need of salvation, God believes that what you need to be saved is to hear his word, believe his word in your heart, as a result of which you now experience his salvation. If you understand, I say amen. So look at this. It says, it says uh, with the heart, we believe unto salvation. 
So if I am sick in my body, with my heart, I believe his word. And as I believe his word in my heart, I receive the salvation from sickness and disease. If I am sick in my mind, with my heart, I believe to receive what I am needed. So if the state of your heart is what it ought to be, you can get out of anything. Because the word of God will always be able to produce the result that God promised. And so look at this, but but hope deferred makes the heart sick. A sick heart is a heart that has been infected with something that now means that it's not, it doesn't have the ability to believe like it's supposed to believe. When hope is deferred, when hope is drawn out, when you thought it would have happened by now, when you thought that by this milestone, you would have been married. Or by this milestone, you would have got that promotion. Or this time around, you will pass that exam. Or this time around, you will get the job. Or on this time around, the, 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 that business will break out. Or this, you, you, the hope deferred makes the heart sick. It makes the heart unable to believe. You know, sometimes when you see somebody who's struggling to believe, don't be too quick to point fingers. Don't be too quick to talk about how unbelieving they are. You have no idea how many times the hope has been deferred. Amen. You have no idea how, how many times they have believed God for this. Don't just say, that. that's why we ought to be sensitive to people. Don't just say pray. Do you, do you think this is the first time? Anyone ever been there where you are, you, you are worried about something and someone just says to you pray? Wow, you just told me something I didn't think about. Amen. The the, the point I'm making is that we ought to be sensitive with one another because hope deferred has the ability to make the heart sick. Sometimes I believe, but I have to say, Lord, help my unbelief. Not because I don't believe. Don't quote another scripture to me because I know the scriptures. I preach them. Amen. So, so, so don't be quoting this. I haven't forgotten, but my heart is sick. And sometimes it's okay to acknowledge. Listen, if you don't acknowledge that right now you're struggling to believe, you can't, it's just like a person who goes to the doctor but doesn't tell the doctor the real issue because you want to impress the doctor. You know you have a problem. So, so, so there are situations where your hope has been deferred. It just feels like... It just feels like, you know what, Pastor, I know that's good preaching, but I don't think, I don't think this healing thing is mine. Or I don't think, you know, bless God, you know what, a relationship, no, no, it's just not me. It's because hope deferred makes the heart sick. Ungratefulness or being in a state of ungratefulness is, is often, it's often a product of a sick heart. A heart that doesn't have the ability to believe. Ruth chapter 1. Shall we learn some lessons from Auntie Naomi? <laughs> Ruth chapter 1. Amen. Are you with me this morning? Has anybody ever, based on what I've described so far, have you ever had a sick heart? Okay. So I'm talking to real folk in the house today. Uh, and we want to deal with you. We want, to, we want to arm you today. Now the next time hope is deferred, and the next time you experience a sick heart, that you will know you will be well equipped to navigate that season and stay in that place of gratitude. Amen? 
Ruth chapter 1, I'm going to read from verse 20. He says, but then she said, so, so let me give you the background of this story of Ruth. Ruth, um, Ruth and her husband, I think Elkanah was his name, they moved, they moved to, uh, to, to the land of the Moabites. They moved over there, and at a time when there was famine in Israel, they moved to a foreign land, lived there, had a couple of sons. So she and her husband had two sons. And they were living, they moved away from poverty and the famine in Israel to go and live somewhere else. And whilst they were there, first her husband died. Okay? Her husband, her husband whom she loved, died. And 10 years later, you know, her husband died. So she's in a place where that in itself, I, I want to paint this picture so you see, and maybe you will identify with some of these things. Okay? So her husband dies. Uh, and, and, and she will obviously be devastated. If you haven't seen people who have loved and lost, then you don't really know how hard-hitting that would have been for her. Because with her husband, this would have been somebody that she had hoped we will grow old together. We would move to a retirement home together. We would downsize together. We would, they, they had all these plans. And then just like that, her husband dies. And so she's already heartbroken, but there is a consolation. I have two sons. Well, at least I have my sons. Okay? So 10 years later, both sons die. So check out where Naomi is now. She's in a tough place where, number one, her husband has died, and that is tough in itself. And now... You know, and I, I know about that. My, 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 mother, my mother passed away in 2001. In, in 2000, sorry. Till today, I still see the effect it has on my father, 17 years later. So, so, so uh, if you have, I, I, I want you to really get the gravity of this so you know that this is not just, this was a real-life situation, real pain, okay? So she's in a place where she, she, she at least is going through these 10 years, with some consolation that she has two boys. But then 10 years later, the two of them die. And now her hopes are completely shattered. Now look at what she says. So she returns, and you know the story. She returns and, and, and she has two daughter, daughters-in-law. One of them called Ruth returns with her to Israel. So this is her coming back. After that devastation, she is still in a devastated place. Put simply, her heart is sick. So she's here, Ruth, uh, Ruth chapter 1, and she says, uh, if you give me, actually give me verse 19. Let me see if we can give a preamble to this. It says, now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened, uh, and it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that the city was excited because of them. They, they they, 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 came, they, they came to us, Bethlehem was a small city at the time, and they were, they were ex- grateful to God because this, their family, had returned. So there was a buzz in the air because Naomi had returned. Now, they were excited before, before them, uh, because of them, and the women said, is this Naomi? All excited. Now, check out verse 20. But she said to them, and this is what some of you are saying this morning as we are celebrating all these people. He said, she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Lord Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. 
Next verse, verse, verse 21. I, I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me, and, and the Almighty has afflicted me. Can I, can I just say something real here? You have not lived long enough until you have experienced what she has experienced. Not in the same way, until, until you feel God has done you wrong. She, 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 she makes the conclusion that she notes the situation. She, this is what she's thinking. And, and you might have your own version of why this morning you don't have a reason to smile or a reason to be happy. And for her, this is it. She said, I went away fool. This time, the last time you saw me, I was in a much better place. But now look where I am and you want me to write something on a piece of paper? And clap my hands and what am I shouting about? Because her heart is sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But I came to, I came to talk to you in that place. If you're not in that place, I'm grateful to God that you are not. But I pray that you take what I'm saying now and put it in your back pocket. Or, or put it in a, in, a, in a bottle, put it in the freezer. so that it doesn't, Because you're going to need it one day. Because, because here is what I'm saying, uh, that there are lessons to lead. In spite of how she is feeling, right, right there, God is still expecting her to be grateful. Amen? So shall we look at three things in this story, why it is important, even though you might feel like Naomi today, it, or whatever, there are at least there are some reasons why, even though you are there, Gratitude is important. Are you still with me? Number one, write this down. Regardless of what happens or what has happened, God will never be your problem. The plan of the enemy is always to convince you that the source of, your de- de- uh, the, source of the deferment of your hope is God. God is never the source of your problem. It has always been the enemy's modus operandi, his way of operating to do something in your life and then convince you to blame the solution. In the garden, he shows up and begins to deceive Adam and Eve. But even in that conversation, he makes out to be that the problem is that God is hiding something from them. The problem wasn't what God was keeping from them. The problem was he was deceiving them. It is always the case that the enemy will always try and convince you in the midst of your disappointment that somehow God is the source of your disappointment. It is important that you know that he will never be the source of your problem. God is your your solution. He is your way out. Do not be deceived in thinking that he is no longer trustworthy because the moment you do that, it's, it's, it's it's like drowning in in, uh, in water, and then the, the 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 what do they call those people? Baywatch people. What life is just kind of. I could only think of Baywatch. Forgive me, Lord. But anyway, the only thing the the the, the lifeguard shows up, and and you say, I don't trust this lifeguard. 
because you're drowning and that's what the enemy wants you to do he wants whilst you are drowning Naomi and whilst you are sad do not give credit to God disregard the life God I came to announce to you today God is never going to be your problem he is your way out his word is true his word is your answer yes you believe his word but it didn't happen his word is not the problem neither are you the problem either but never relate don't give up on the word because his word is your solution amen Regardless of how you feel, the truth is God is not your problem. Someone say God is not my problem. Now, the second thing, are you with me? We've got a short time, so I'm just going to give these to you. The second thing, in spite of what you are disappointed about, write this down. God always leaves a seed of redemption. God will always leave a seed of redemption behind. Now, check this out. Gratitude will help you find it. God, regardless of how devastating things are, Naomi, regardless, we're not going to belittle what you have been through in any way because to lose your husband and then lose your two children 10 years later, that is tough stuff. So let's not play that down. But what we must not also play down is that God always leaves a seed of redemption. He will always leave behind. Elijah is crying on the other side, saying, God, I'm the only prophet left. God said, "Uh -uh. there are 7,000 prophets who are yet to bow the knee. So don't give me that hopelessness because God always reserves a remnant. He always reserves. The problem is the, 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 the seed of redemption many times does not look like the thing that you lost. The seed of redemption for Naomi was Ruth. Ruth was Ruth doesn't look like much. Ruth doesn't look like her two sons. Ruth doesn't look like her husband. Ruth can't do what her two sons could do for her or what her husband could do for her. But Ruth is what you got. Today it is important that you are grateful for your Ruth. Because right now you are looking at this job which you don't like. And you are saying that's the job I want. Because this one is not good enough. But God has left a seed of redemption. Even in this one that doesn't look like much. We were talking, you know, from Miranda's testimony. They're bringing a new manager that you're not happy with. You have two choices. You can continue to mourn the old one that you loved. Or you can see that there is a seed of promotion in this man that you don't like. Amen. And that's what, we, that, that's what gratitude. Gratitude is the thing that helps you find it. Gratitude would make Naomi say, well, I, I'm really sad about that. But gratitude would say, what am I grateful for? Well, Lord, I'm at least thankful for Ruth. Amen. There is always a seed of of redemption. I wonder if this morning you have bypassed the seed of redemption. Could it be that this morning that there is something in your life that God is going to use to turn everything around 
But because we are so upset, and, and even check out, we, are so, we can be so blindsided by loss that we forget that our God is the God of the living. Amen? Our God is the God of the living. And he is good at what he does. Amen? Tell your neighbor, neighbor. God always reserves a seed. Gratitude will help you find it. Look around your life right now. I, I encourage you to look around your life, life right now and begin to give God thanks for everything. Everything, regardless of what it looks like. That's what gratitude does. Because one of these things is your way out. It will not, Ruth cannot bring back uh, uh, your husband or your, your it, it, can, it will not be the same. So that's not what we're saying. We are saying, though, that if you look and you give God praise for Ruth, you, 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 you will not miss what he is doing. The final thing I want you to know, is this helping somebody this morning? Final thing I need you to know is God's goodness and God's plan is greater than you can imagine. God's goodness and God's plan is greater than you can imagine. Sometimes when we're disappointed, we're disappointed because we just can't see a way out. You know, the, 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 the level of your disappointment is, is dependent on, on the hope you have after that. Does that make sense? We're, we're watching football right now. So, so England, let's not talk about, I always knew England could win the World Cup. I always knew that. Anyway, I always knew we are, come on, England. Okay. So, 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 <laughs> so, so right now, you know, we, lo we lost the ma match. I say we, as in England, we lost the match um, um, the, the other day. But, but the nation is not as devastated because there is still hope. Does that make sense? Th there are sometimes, what? Okay, let me, let me put it a different way. Because we can see how there is hope. The, the, the level of your disappointment in certain stages is dependent on, okay, now that this has happened, what do I see next? And if you can't see it, then your disappointment is greater. In other words, if you lose this job and, and there was another one lined up, you might be disappointed because you lost this job, but you will not be as disappointed if you knew, if you didn't have... Uh, uh, how about I put it? You will not be as disappointed if you had that job. Does that make sense? In other words, if you can't see a way, you are more disappointed than if you can. If you understand that so far, say amen. So, so look at this. I need you to know that God is greater. I, I love something that, that I, I didn't find the scripture. I think it's in 1 John 5 somewhere. Where, where, where it talks about if your heart deceives you. John says this, that if your heart deceives you, he says this. That God is greater than your heart. No, so it says, if your heart condemns you, okay? It says, even if your heart condemns you, that you need to know this because, you know, the heart, it is a deceitful thing. Can I tell you, a heart that is, when your hope has been deferred, what happens is that a disease, when the Bible says, makes the heart sick, sickness is a disease, has infected your heart. So your heart is now compromised in a way that it doesn't have the ability to lead you in the right way. Are you with me so far? 
And so, and so the, the John says that, that if your heart condemns you, your heart should not condemn you, but your heart can condemn you. Because your heart should not condemn you because there is now no condemnation in Christ to those who are in, for anyone, you know what I mean? But, but your heart can condemn you. But he says, if your heart condemns you, know this, God is greater than your heart. In other words, if my heart is condemning me, I need to take my heart to the courts of God and hear what he says concerning what my heart is saying right now. And what you need to know about God is that he is greater than your heart. He is better than what you know. Listen, Naomi was disappointed here because she could not see how. What could you possibly tell a person who has lost everything? Are you going to tell them, no, look, God is going to raise your two sons up. Don't worry about it. God is going to, <laughs> somebody told me that in the morning, on the morning my, my mother passed away. Some dude came from church. And he says, Sheila, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. I was like, okay, come on, tell me how. Explain to me right now. <laughs> you with me, don't shout me down. How is it going to be okay? And, and the point is I couldn't see. Now, it will never be okay in that sense. But what I'm still trying to tell you is that God has a way of bringing restoration that might not look like what you were looking for, but it is restoration nonetheless. By the time God was done with Naomi, God used Ruth to, to connect her to Boaz, who made sure that her and her family never lacked. They lived in plenty in spite of what she has been through. Because all the while while she was crying, there was a seed of redemption that was crying along with her. There was a seed of redemption. God already had a plan in place to make sure that she is restored, to make sure that she is taken care of, to make sure that her future, which is all the things she would have been worrying and crying about, that what will happen to my future but while she was crying there was a seed of restoration i came to tell you this morning that regardless of what you are disappointed about there is a seed of redemption that is, listen it's not going to come it's already with you now your seed of redemption is not something God is going to bring your way one day. I am telling you that it's present with you now. Your Ruth is with you now. God, oh, the, the, the other daughter-in-law might go, but when God has assigned for Ruth to be your, your, your seed of redemption, she will make up her mind and she will say to you, where you go, I will go. I will be, because God will never separate you from your seed of redemption he will never so when you're disappointed please know God is so good and he is better than you think because through Ruth he, he provides for her can I tell you the best thing through Ruth he makes Naomi put her in the lineage of the Messiah she could not have planned this Amen? Her husband and her two sons could not have put her in the lineage of the Messiah. I'm trying to tell you that what you lost is important, but you need to know that God does not need it to make you who you need to be. Amen? So rest in the goodness of God. In the face of disappointment, understand, you know what? I trust 
in the goodness of God. I love the story about David. We won't go into it for time. But David's son is sick and he's praying before God and calling on God to save the life of his son. But then he's disappointed because the, the prayer was not answered. And everyone is thinking that now David is going to lose it. We shouldn't even tell him that his son is dead. But you know what David did when they told him his son is dead? He, he hadn't eaten because he has been praying and fasting and believing God for this to change. But when that situation ended, the Bible says David got up. He washed his face, got some food, and began to eat. And everybody was asking, David, what's wrong with you? Now is the time when I think you should lose it. But David talks about how, you know what? The, the, the boy is gone. God is good. And I trust him. Can I tell you what God did? The second son that David had is called Solomon. Solomon is the wisest man and the richest man that ever lived. David could not have planned that. I'm trying to tell you that I know you're disappointed because the plan that you saw together has fallen apart. But I'm telling you that there is a God who has a plan that you could not put together if you tried. Amen? So in the seasons of being disappointed, you need to remember that. Remember, you know what? God is not my problem. Someone say God, God. is not my problem. He is my solution. Remember that God always leaves a seed of redemption behind. And gratitude will help you find it. Remember that God's goodness is greater than you can imagine. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine. He is to be trusted. Gratitude is an expression of faith. In the midst of everything, if you don't know what to be grateful for, just be grateful for God. Amen? Be grateful for him because he is that light that will lead you out of this dark place. I am praying for you today. I know this is a different kind of message, but it's, it's meant to be practical and, and be in your face. I'm praying for you today that in every season of disappointment, that you will not abandon the call of God for your life. You will not abandon his plan for your life, that you will have the courage to hold on to him and navigate that season with a heart of gratitude. In Jesus' name we pray. And those who believe said, Amen. would you help me give the Lord a hand of praise? Give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Let's come before God with our giving. Let's bring our, our tithe and our offering before God.